Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. We're going to continue to learn about the spirit-led living, which is one of the most important subjects in life. We, as believers, need to understand how to be led, guided, and to be helped by the Holy Spirit, who was sent by the Father to help us every single day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, all the time that the Holy Spirit can help us in living our life. This is very important that I believe every Christian should know. If you never listen to the old teaching in this series, please get the teaching from the CD table. You can bring the thumb drive, or you can order the CD, or you can go into the YouTube, our YouTube, and type in New Hope IC, New Hope IC YouTube, and click on the playlist and find the English language and find a series called Spirit-Led Living. And you can listen to the whole series there. We put every teaching from last year. I have been teaching very slowly so that we will all understand. We have learned that the Holy Spirit is real to the early church disciples. Actually, the book of Acts is not the Acts of men, but it's the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And as the Holy Spirit was so real to them, He should be real to us today. We have the same God. We are in the same church era that we can experience the reality of the Holy Spirit. If we are led by the Holy Spirit all the time, even in the little things in our life, where to park, what to do, little, little thing, what to do, phone call, anything in life, writing the email, we will never make mistake because the Holy Spirit is perfect. You will never make mistake. If you are led by the Spirit in your financial investment, you will never lose money. We have made mistake in the past. We all have made mistake. The past is the past. We don't look back. But we're going to start new today. From today on, we're going to learn how to be led by the Spirit. Some of us have lost money because we are not led by the Spirit, but we are led by the flesh or led by our own mind and intellect or reasoning. If we are led by the Holy Spirit, we will not cause trouble with our family members. We will not say wrong things at the wrong time and get into a big trouble. Have you ever had conversation with your spouse? I have. A conversation, and when the conversation gets more tense and tense, then your flesh rise up and you want to say your deal. You want to say something, they're going to hit back. And the Holy Spirit tells you, don't do that, please. Don't say that. But you still follow your flesh and you speak it out. What happened? You have three days of cold war. <laughs> sleeping on the couch for three days. Because you are led by your flesh, not by the Holy Spirit. So even talking to your spouse, you need to be led by the Holy Spirit in order to avoid three days of cold war in the house. Amen? Actually, 
I want to say something about Cold War here. I want to say that strife is the manifest presence of the devil. Strife is not of God, and God told me that I should have zero tolerance for strife. No strife in this church. No strife in my home. No strife in my ministry. At all, no strife. Because when I begin to entertain strife, I welcome demons and the devil in to destroy the ministry and destroy my family. So, for the members of this church, how many times you mess up? We still loved you and forgive you and go on together. But if you come into this house and start to gossip and say wrong thing and cause trouble and division and strife. We will warn you and ask you to repent, but if you don't repent, we will beg you that you have no privilege to be here anymore, because we have zero tolerance of strife in the church and in our own home. I am responsible as a father of my house, as a husband. I am responsible as the pastor of the church to. Keep the house clean, that I will not let the devil come in. You remember what happened to Adam? Adam was standing there in the Garden of Eden. He has the responsibility not to allow the devil to come in to destroy his marriage and his family. But he was standing there, looking at the devil, talking to his wife, and he did not say any word. He was quiet, and he yielded. And what happened? Now we all suffer from that failure of Adam, who allowed the devil to come in to cause problem in his own family. So I learned a lesson from Adam, and I will not let that happen in my house and in my church. Zero tolerance for strife for the devil to step in, so that one day when we all stand before the judgment seat for Jesus Christ. We can smile and say, "I have done my best. I invite your presence, not the presence of the devil, into my house and into my church." In fact, the Bible talk about the word gatekeepers. Have you heard that word? Do you know that Obed Edom, who welcomed the Ark of the Covenant, was serving as a gatekeeper? He loved the presence of God. In fact, every one of us should be a gatekeeper, whether you are pastor or not. You are the gatekeeper of your own eyes, your own ears, your own feeling. Gatekeeper of your house. You need to protect your life, not allowing the devil to come in, and always want to keep the presence of God inside you, inside your home, inside your church, inside your business and your ministry. You want to keep the presence of God. Don't let him leave. Keep there, but at the same time, say the devil, you cannot come into my house or come into my church. When the devil shows up, he will come with destruction, death, and he will come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He will come with anger, lack of peace, fighting, and the community gonna fall down. And fall apart because the devil will destroy. On the other hand, if we welcome the presence 
of the Holy Spirit, the manifestation of peace, love, and joy shall be there. I love the presence of the Holy Spirit. I'm like Obed Edom. I love the Ark of the Covenant in the sense Ark of the Covenant is symbolic of the presence of God. I want the presence of God in my home, in my marriage, in my parenting, in the church, in the ministry. I want to go everywhere with the presence of God. Everywhere I go with the presence, peace will be there, joy will be there, healing will be there, life will be there. Amen. Grace will abound because the presence of God is there. Some people are not careful. They allow ungodly things to come into their house. I remember when I was a young boy, I loved to listen to the 70 American music. Let's discipline. Jimi Hendrix and all kinds of music in that generation. I wasn't a Christian yet. I did not even understand the word that let's discipline sing or Jimi Hendrix was singing. But later on, when I grew up to go to college, I began to listen to the word. Wow! The words that they sang was were very ungodly. I think Pastor Da told me that one song in America talking about, I want to see my girlfriend walk to the pool and kill herself or something like that. Is that right? Something like that. <laughs> Pastor Da kind of gave me signal. Anyway, don't turn on the ungodly song. Those songs contain the words that are not godly. You don't want to welcome the presence of the devil. You want to turn on the worship song. You want to turn on the anointed teaching from YouTube. Turn on the worship song. You heard the testimony from Virginia that the young teenager was sick, become crazy and attacked by demons in Virginia. So the father and the mother called me and passed it and said, what should we do? They are not even Christian, they are Buddhists. So I said, turn on the worship song and the teaching in your house to bring the presence of God. And that young lady got healed without any medication in their home. And the whole family came to our church camp two weeks ago. We saw that young lady, she's totally healed by the presence of God. Amen. Everyone say, peace, no strife. Don't make any exception for any type of strife at all, please. Don't play with strife. Don't entertain any strife or division or fighting and yelling in the house. If husband and wife quarrel and yelling to each other, I would like to ask you to stop right away, repent, ask for each other forgiveness, ask God for forgiveness, and reconcile to one another as soon as possible so that you will not open the door for the devil to come in, to bring sickness to your kids, to cause destruction of your finances, to your health. And when you reconcile to one another, love one another, you surrender to God. You remember the Bible says, submit to God, and then you can resist the devil. If you keep fighting, you don't submit to God. Then you cannot resist the devil. Before you resist the devil, you need to submit to God. And submit to God means reconciling, loving, forgiveness. If you work in the same way the devil is working, you cannot resist him. If you're fighting and yelling in the house 
and you say, "The devil, get out of here!" He will look at you and say, "Hey, you are doing the same thing I'm doing. I'm not going to go. You are my friend." So you need to reconcile first, and then say, "Devil, get out for my kids. Get this sickness out for my home. Get this trouble out of my house." You need to reconcile first. Then you can yield to God and get rid of the devil. No strife. Everyone say again. No strife. Only peace. Only the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter eight verse fourteen. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Can we, children of God, expect to be led by the Holy Spirit? Can we? Should we be led by the Holy Spirit, twenty-four-seven? We should. Romans chapter eight verses fifteen to sixteen. The Bible says, "For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption." By whom we cry out, "Abba, Father!" The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Everyone say, "Bear witness." First of all, we learn from this scripture that when the Spirit of God is leading us or guiding us, there is no fear. Fear is not of God. God never leads us through fear. I was growing up in a Thai culture, where parents like to say something like this: "If you don't do your homework, the dog gonna bite you. If you don't do your homework, tonight demon gonna come and attack you." This is the way we grow up. We grow up with the fear of something bad gonna happen. That's not the way of God. God never leads us through fear. But the devil leads us through fear. He will threaten you. He will say something that makes you so phobic. Oh, if I don't do this, I'm gonna be in trouble. But the Lord leads us through peace, through light, through joy, through the wonderful wisdom of God. We don't have to fear anything at all. Hebrew two. 14 to 15 is as much then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood. He himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him. He meant the devil, who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who, through fear of death, were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Fear is a bondage. As a believer, we don't have any business with phobia. Phobia means Pathological fear. Have you ever heard the word claustrophobia? People are afraid of tight space. Some people are afraid of snake. Afraid of things. Phobia should not be with Christian. I remember when I was a young boy, I dare not walk by cemetery because I'm afraid of ghosts in the cemetery area. And my dad was upset with me many times because in my bedroom I slept with the light on. I'm afraid of demon and ghosts. I have to turn on the light all the time. And my dad walking. This is wasting money. Turn off the light. Turn off the light. <laughs> Chinese father, don't want to waste money. I later on become a believer. Then I don't have that fear anymore. Actually, the devil is, is afraid of me now. Now, if the devil see me, they will run to the garbage can. I'm not afraid of the devil anymore. Amen. 
As a believer, we don't need to be afraid of dying in the car wreck. We don't need to be afraid of dying in the airplane ride. We have confidence that God protect us. Amen. Every time I get on the airplane, I say, "God, I know you still need me. No accident in this airplane ride. You still need me until 120 years old. I'm gonna live until 120 years old. I'm gonna serve you until the final 120 years of age that the Bible talk about. Amen. We don't have to be afraid of dying from any disease. We are protected by God. But in case, the worst case scenario, we drop dead. How many people think that you will never die? One day we're going to die anyway. Is that right? We cannot avoid physical death. But as believers, if one day we drop dead, our spirit will come out from our body and look back, see our body, and say, Oh, it's done. No more suffering. No more waking up at 6 a.m. to go to work. No more yelling from my boss. No more paying bill. Ah, oh. And then you turn around, you see a big angel fly in. And the big angel say, are you ready to see Jesus? And you say, I'm ready. But, angel, can you give me a tour to the Milky Way? I want to see the galaxy for a few minutes before I get to heaven. Then the angel will take you to the Milky Way and look at all the stars in the sky. And eventually you get into the throne of God. And you see Jesus. And you see your mansion in heaven that he built for you. And you're going to live there for eternity without death, without tear, without pain, without neurosurgeon, without chiropractor, without hospital. And you don't need to suffer anymore. You're going to be there for eternity in the glory of the Lord. You don't need to be afraid of death at all because we have eternal life in heaven. Amen? People who don't know God tend to have some fear in life. That's why a lot of people have to take antidepressant and take the medication for sleeping at night because they are so afraid that something bad is going to happen. As believers, we can wake up every morning smiling, happy. We know God is our shepherd. He will take care of us. We don't have to be afraid. Today is another day that the Lord is going to take care of us. Amen? We don't have to be in the bondage of fear any longer. The Holy Spirit leads us through peace and joy. And He can bear witness with our spirit that we are children of God. When I accepted Christ, in 1981, I never forgot. I drove off from that home where I accepted Christ. I sensed in my spirit right away, Whoo, wow, today I became a child of God. God who created the heavens and the earth is my father. Ooh, I, I'm not lying. This is true feeling. I feel so good that now I'm born again. Amen. It's so wonderful to know and have confidence that I am a son of the living God. And my name is recorded in the book of life of the Lamb. Amen. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, He bears witness with our spirit. Everyone point to yours inside here. My spirit. My spirit. The Holy Spirit does not bear witness with 
audible voice, even though he can speak audible voice. He does not bear witness with our feelings, our physical sensation, or our mind. He bear witness with our spirit on the inside here. Actually, our spirit and the Holy Spirit who live on the inside of us are co-witnesses. Everyone say co-witnesses. When our spirit knows something, for example, we study the Bible. Actually, I never forget. I got saved on Saturday night. I woke up Sunday morning, and in my spirit, I know something because the Bible said the Holy Spirit has written the law of God into my heart after I'm born again. I haven't read the Bible yet. I don't know the Bible. I was born again, brand new believer out of Buddhism. I don't know the Bible at all. I woke up morning. I know in my spirit I should go to church. And I say to my wife, Pastor Da, we just newly wedded at that time. We just got married. And I say, honey, I think we should go to church. And when I feel that in my spirit, my spirit witness that I need to go to church as a believer, then the Holy Spirit bore witness in my heart too. Yes, amen, go to church today. Then I called my friend, which church should I go? And I went to Sukumit Soi 10. It's an American church. I went there, they speak English. I went to that church. American missionary was a pastor there. The Holy Spirit, joy in my spirit to tell me something. Yes, no, yes, no. When I have some thought in my spirit and he doesn't agree, he will say, no, 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 don't do that. But when I know something in my spirit and the Holy Spirit knows that that is the will of God, he will bear witness with my spirit. He say, yes, go for it. That's how it works in the Christian life. We have the witness on the inside here. That's why as a New Hope International Church, my job as a pastor is to train you spiritually. You notice that I don't come up to talk about politics. I don't come up to read the newspaper and make jokes for you to have fun. No, I'm teaching the Word. The reason I need to teach the Word and be strong on the pulpit because I want your spirit to be developed, to be strong, to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. When your spirit is strong or mature, or sensitive to the Holy Spirit, you can be led by Him. You can pursue the Holy Spirit inside. You can stay with Him and have faith. Faith is of the Spirit. It's not of the mind. Faith is not of the sensation. The Bible says we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. Faith is of the Spirit. When our spirit is strong and we have faith, then we can be led 24-7. Then we will miss accident. Then we will get the, to the right place at the right time, meet the right people, and get to the right group of people, do the right thing, say the right thing and get a promotion. Say the right thing and your customers say, I want to be with you, I want to buy your product, even though maybe a, a couple hundred dollars more expensive than another company. I stay with you because you say the right thing to your customer. You're led by the Holy Spirit all the time, after I walked with God for many years and learned how to be led by the Holy Spirit, I admit to you, I don't want to go back in the old way anymore. My old way is I depend on my intellect, my understanding, 
my feelings and the surrounding things and people opinion. Now I want to be led by the Spirit all the time. I'm not led by people's opinion or by feelings or goosebumps or hot flash or cold flash or anything. I want to be led inside here by the Spirit of God. Do you know that our God is so excellent? He is all-knowing. He is omniscient. He has unlimited wisdom. He knows everything. Everyone say, God knows everything. He even knows the future. He knows deep into the people's heart when they come to talk to you. Because God knows everything. He will not lead us by flipping the coin. He will not lead us by hit and miss method. He will not lead us by saying, try that one, if it fails, come this way. No. He's going to lead us correctly to do the right thing at one time, and you don't have to do it again. Like that. Our God is perfect. That He tells you to do something, it's going to be the right way only. No wrong way, and you don't have to try again. No hit and miss. Everyone say, no hit and miss. No flipping the coin. He is so good. Everyone say, I am the chief of God. I can be led by the Spirit of God. I will listen to Him. I have faith. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of me. He was sent to me as my helper. I am not an orphan. I have the helper. He can lead me. I yield to him. So the key is this. We are living in a very fast-paced society. Everything fast. If you want something, you just click button. You get it. Very fast nowadays. Yesterday, I was driving to Tacoma. And I don't know the direction because I rarely go to Tacoma. So I just click one click on Google Map. Type in the word, the, the hotel. Within one second, the direction come up. Fast-paced society. And this is a big problem with Christians nowadays. We are in a rush. We don't wait. If you want to be led by the Holy Spirit, you need to stay. Everyone says stay. You need to pursue. In other words, if you talk to God inside, help me, what I should do? What should I do? Should I invest? Should I marry this guy? Should I go there? Instead of being in a rush, I haven't heard from God for two minutes. Okay, I do my own way now. No, 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 no. Stay. Calm down. And keep pursuing him. Listening to him in your spirit. Don't rush. Just stay. Everyone says stay. No rush. And keep pursuing him. Lord, if he doesn't give you answer in two days, just stay and don't rush. Because if you rush to do your own things, you can make a big mistake and lose a lot of money or lose many days of your life. Amen? So you need to stay with him and let him lead you. Don't be head-led. Don't be reasoning-led. Don't be logic-led, intellectual-led. Don't be led by feeling, hot flash, cold flash. Don't be led by the number on the license plate. 
Don't be led by having five trucks driving through your home. Uh, not true. Behind your home or be, uh, in front of your home. Don't go by those outward appearance. But the Holy Spirit leads you inside here. Don't even be led by the voice in this world. I like King James Version in 1 Corinthians 14.10. The Bible says, There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. There are many voices in this world. The voice of your friend, the voice of your boss, the voice of demon, the voice of the devil, the voice of people around you, the voice in the TV, Voices everywhere. Are you going to be led by the voice? No. I will be led by the one who lives on the inside of me. That small, still voice. Can God speak out loud that you can hear by your ear? Can he? Yes. I know some people have heard the voice of God. Can he lead us by dreams? He, can he? I remember when we got into the revival in 1997, Pastor Da has a dream. We were so immature at that time. God has to come into her dream. And the dream is this. We went to the revival meeting. The Holy Spirit was moving. And we both came from a very traditional background. We don't like this move of God thing. People get touched by God. And Pastor Da was very uncomfortable in that meeting because we were growing up in another type of denomination. And that night, God gave Pastor Da a dream. She dreamed that she's going to get married with me. Thank God with me, not with somebody else, at least. She was getting married with me. And the wedding going to be around 5 p.m., if I'm not mistaken. And by 5 p.m., her hair was not done yet. And by 7 p.m., the hair was not done. The makeup was not done. She was not ready for the wedding at 5 p.m. And then she woke up. And then the scripture come into our mind. Jesus is coming back for the wedding to the bride that have no blemish. The bride that wear the white linen, which is the act of righteousness. And then he convinced Pastor Da and me that we need to be with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is going to sanctify the church to be holy and pure, to be ready for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We were convinced at that time by that dream that we need to be in revival, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, so that our church will be ready for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can he lead us by vision? You see things? Vision, yes. But if you study the Bible carefully, you may read the book of Acts and say, Oh, God sent angels. People see Jesus. God speak with vision. If you study the Bible carefully, in those many, many years, like many centuries, out of many, many servants of God, like Peter, Paul, and all these people, if you study carefully, these people, out of many centuries, they saw vision and they saw angel and heard audible voice only two or three times max. But the rest, they were led by the Spirit on the inside of them. I'm not against seeing vision. I saw vision too. 
I'm not against seeing dream. I'm not against seeing an angel standing in your house, or see Jesus standing at your door. I'm not against those things. Some people say that they hear God's voice every other day. Thank God for you. But I start to wonder: Is it true? Because I don't see that in the Bible. But people heard the audible voice of God every single day or every other day. Let me say this before I end this sermon. There are things that are spiritual and real, but they may not come from God. Let me repeat one more time. There are things that spiritual and real, but they are not from God. When I was a young man, I did not know Jesus. I want to have a power because my girlfriend, Pastor Da, was so beautiful. A lot of Thai boxer like to chase after her. A lot of people like to, huh? Just one boxer? No, another guy too. I remember <laughs> two guys at least. So many people want to chase after her, and I was a little guy with acne on my face, bookworm. So these people really know how to fight. They use knife. They use gun. So in order to protect myself because she shows me, thank God she shows me to be her boyfriend. I need to do something, so I went to a a house where a 16 years old woman called on a god, and she was sitting like this on the ground. When she called that god in, she jumped with her leg like this on the floor, jumped up like this. And move from one place to another place within one minute. Boom, 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 and move back, floating on the floor like this. And that was spiritual. Yes. Was that real? Yes. So they put spell on my back. They pulled the knife out, very sharp. They cut the sugar cane in front of me. Okay, the sugar cane cut off. Then they put in my back. Bam. Pam, pam, three times, no cut on my skin. The guy was big, and he did not just like this. He was like this, three times, and no cut on my skin. Was it spiritual? Yes. Was it real? Yes. Did it come from God? No. So things can be spiritual and real, but that may not come from God. That's why you have to be careful when you try to look for we call spectacular sign. Many Christians miss the supernatural, but they're looking for spectacular. Why I have to say all these things? Let me read Second Corinthians chapter eleven, thirteen to fifteen. Second Corinthians eleven, thirteen to fifteen. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers. Transforming themselves into apostles of Christ, and no wonder, for Satan himself transformed himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers, Satan minister, also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their work. My dear brother, sister, you have to be careful. Yes, we believe in signs and wonders. We believe in healing. We believe in miracles. 
But you have to go look deeper than just a miracle, supernatural thing, and real thing. In conclusion, the Holy Spirit can lead us in the Spirit here, and at the same time, the devil can lead us too. But when the devil tries to lead us, he will lead us downhill to destruction. When the Holy Spirit leads us, he will lead us uphill to the high mountain of God. And the devil knows that we, as human beings, we are looking for spectacular sign. You have to be very careful. I remember I saw YouTube that came from Florida many years ago. One evangelist performing miracles, and he walked around. He slapped on people like this, and people shake, 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 heal, and all kinds of miracle happen. And one woman get touched by something and walk around with the head spinning around. And was looking, hmm, interesting. Then another woman come to the stage and give prophecy, and head spinning around, and they all quote that this is from God, claim that I am a apostle of God, and every word that she prophesies was not in the Bible. It's something else. I turn on that you turn off, not turn on. I turn off that YouTube right away and say, this is it. I'm not going to be involved. A lot of people fly from all over the world to that Florida meeting, revival meeting. I don't get involved with this meeting because this is not from God. When you see any angel or a man look like Jesus standing in front of you, or you see any signs and wonder or any teaching, you need to witnesses to prove to know that that is from God. The first witness, the Bible. Even the greatest preacher in America, very famous, preach in the TV, say anything that is not in the Bible or against the Bible. You should not swallow it. The Bible must be our witness. Check with the Bible. Two, you have the Holy Spirit too. The preacher has the Holy Spirit, and you have the Holy Spirit as well. Check with the Spirit inside you. When you listen to Pastor Lau, to great preacher in the TV or anybody on earth, while you're listening, please don't just swallow everything I say. You open your spirit and check with the witness of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you whether what I say, what they say, is right or not. If whatever I say new to you, and the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Give witness to you that it's okay. You say Amen. I receive it. But whatever I say is not in the Bible, and the Holy Spirit say no, 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 no. This is not from God. You have to say no. I don't take it. Even pass aloud. Don't take it. Amen. In order to be saved, you need these two witnesses: the Bible and the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Why? There are deceivers out there. The trick of the enemy in the end time is deceiving and lying to people, and they may come in the name of Jesus too. They may come in the name of the church to deceive you for money, to do many things, to try to triple you up, try to cause you to 
go in the wrong direction. I promise God as a pastor that my ministry and this church gonna stay with the Bible and stay with the Holy Spirit. I will not go off, no matter what. Even people don't like me, too bad. I'm going to stay with the, the Bible. Because I want to keep the people in the church be in the right place to go at the right direction all the time. The Holy Spirit will lead us to the right place, to the right direction. Let me say one last thing before I close and continue next time. I'm not done with this chapter yet. I'm going to continue next time. What I want to say one more thing. How many people agree that we have 24 hours a day? How many people agree that we have limited resources and energy and time, everything? I notice that many Christians are good people. And because they're good, they want to help people. So they try to jump on every bandwagon that come by. Oh, that ministry follow. Oh, this thing, follow. They split themselves out into many things and try to do many, many projects, many ministries, join many churches, join many preachers, and eventually they burn out and they lost a lot of things in their life. The family broke down. They have no time for their wife and their kids because they try to do everything. Listen carefully. We are not called to do everything. Even though there's so many good ministries out there, so many good churches out there, you need to listen to the Holy Spirit. What church you should join and what ministry you should get involved with because you have limited resources and time and money and energy. I'm not the kind of person who jump on any bandwagon easily. I listen to the Holy Spirit all the time. God, what do you want me to do? People can come with a good presentation and project. If God say no, thank you so much. It's not for me. I need to do the right thing for me, for this generation. We have the calling to do for ourselves. We cannot jump on everything. Amen? Amen. So that's how I live. I don't just flow with people say. I just always want to be led by the Spirit of the living God. What to do, where to go, because I know that He loves me, He has a plan for my life, and if I follow Him carefully, I will fulfill my destiny, I will do the right thing at the right time, be at the right place, meet the right people, and I will be fruitful for Him. But if I try to run my own life, do everything, I'm going to be in trouble one day. I may lose my family, I may lose my health, I may get into trouble. So everything we do, be led by the Spirit of God. Let me read one last scripture, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, and we will finish today. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord. The Lord will lead you. You just trust Him. We're going to continue this scripture next time. How are we going to trust in the Lord? In your heart. 
how to be led by the Spirit by trusting the Lord in your heart in the next sermon in this series. Amen? Hallelujah. How many people say that I will not be hate-led from now on? I will not be emotion-led? How many people say I will be spirit-led? How many people say, Lord, build me up that I will be sensitive to the Holy Spirit? How many people say, God, I want to hear the witness of the Holy Spirit in my spirit here? Hallelujah. I believe God loves all of you. He wants to lead you to the right place at the right time, meet the right people, get in the right job, be in the right ministry. Just be led by Him. He loves you. This is how I lived for 30 years. I have been led by the Spirit for 30 years. So many experiences, so many stories to tell you. And I don't want to go back to say the old way anymore. Amen? God will lead me every day. I listen to Him. Amen? It's wonderful. It's fun. It's good. It should be the lifestyle of every believer. Be led by the Holy Spirit. I studied the Bible one time regarding Jesus' ministry. And God showed me in the scripture that Jesus Christ, actually one prophet said that this to me. This is his guessing. His guessing. I don't know if it's true or not. He said that, I believe that when Jesus was walking on earth, half of his eyes, he see the world. Another half of his vision, he see heaven. This is what the prophets say. So everything he did, he did according to what heaven say. 100% of the time. I don't know if it's true or not, but to me, I believe the Holy Spirit is leading him on the inside. Jesus Christ say, did, went, everything, everywhere, by the Holy Spirit 24 hours a day, seven days a week, all the time. Everything he say. That's how he lived. And we should live the same way. I know it's not going to happen overnight. We need to develop. We need to train ourselves. We need to learn how to recognize him, how to yield to him, how to listen to him. It's going to take some time to develop that kind of lifestyle. Amen? Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for teaching us, reminding us that we have the greater one, the one who, who is inside us, the helper, the counselor, the Comforter. His name is the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that we are not living on this earth by ourselves. We have the Creator, one of the Trinity, inside us to guide us, to lead us, to help us, to tell us what's coming, tell us about the future, where to go, what to do, give us wisdom all the time. Thank you, Father. And Lord, train your people in this generation to walk like Jesus, to be led by the Spirit of God 24-7. Help us, Lord, that we will not be prideful, arrogant, stubborn, like a horse or a mule, but we shall be humble, like a rain-trained horse that we will follow your impression. Just a little bit of 
prompting, we will follow you, Lord. We thank you, Father. Help us, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You learned something today. How many people want God to lead you higher and higher? He wants us to be like an eagle, fly in the sky high and catch the wind of God, the Holy Spirit above the storm. Amen. We're gonna live a victorious life because we follow the wind of the Holy Spirit. We are like an eagle. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty. Fly.